All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio episode. Is it Fitty? 51. 51. Episode 51. Of 51. This Anton Lander, right? Lander. Name the seven Oilers that have worn the number 51. Go. Do you have that up? No, but I can. Well, There's not seven, is there? There's no way that's seven. Anton Lander. Lander he's probably the only one who Andre Kovalenko. Oh, okay. There's four. Lander and Kovalenko are two of them. I'm Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm moving closer now. Is one a right We've almost been podcasting for a year, Dan. On almost, the mic, buddy. Almost. I'm on it. There, like, there you go. Yeah, get right on that mic. All Thank right, so you. we got Lander, Kovalenko. Is one a right-handed defenseman? I can't remember. Oh, um, Sebastian Bissalion. No. Damn it. <laughs> he was like 62 or something. Yeah, one of these days, Tyler will get that one right. <laughs> but it ain't going to be today. Who do you got? Go ahead. One current oiler. But he was, a, he was an ex-oiler at the time. Ryan Spooner. Nope. Not a current oiler. So current oiler. Uh, in my but he was an ex. He was a. He was not quite an oiler yet when he was. He was an oiler before. Man, and he wore fifty-one. He does not wear fifty-one anymore. Oh. For the Oilers, I don't like this game. Fringe player, probably not going to make the lineup. Colby Cave, Curry, no. Cooper no. Marody, the centerman. Cooper Cup, that that is too slow for the game. They Kyle say. Brozziak. Yes. Right, oh, okay. Well, and then the final player. Played two career games in the NHL, both for the Oilers. Oh, this is Bush. This what is year? Bushley question right here. 2011, 2012. Whoa. I can't remember that far. Curtis Hamilton. Nope. Ryan Hamilton. Nope. We already got those guys. Um, Fifth round pick, 133rd overall. Alexi played, Mikanov. Played for the Ruan Naranda Huskies and the Ramuski Oceanic. Marc-Antoine Pouliot. No. 
I don't. I feel like we could go the entire podcast and you guys wouldn't get it. <laughs> Who is it? Philippe Cornet. Oh, there's no ah, way I was going there. I have his jersey. Oh, I was right on the tip of my tongue, you know? He has an assist in two games and then never played again. You know who else has an assist, Dan? Our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant for making this all possible. I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Sherwood Ford for everything they do. In fact, we are recording this on a Wednesday. It is going to be released on Thursday while we're all out at the Oilers Nation Open Golf Tournament. And our friends at Sherwood Ford are like, hey, do you guys need a ride to get out there? And we're like, can we just like borrow a vehicle for minute and they're like yeah cool what do you want and we're like windowless van brand new shelby mustang and they're like no we're like okay windowless van we don't have one right now okay all, how about they're all out right now an explorer or whatever what do we get a ford explorer a uh, blazer a ford blazer no a what Bronco. no that's a chevy blazer dan a ram you, we just taught you this upstairs you should have got something with a with a wolf painted on the side oh that'd be real nice maybe some fucking laser beams yeah. you know that you know that the windowless vans all have that on them Everyone that Sherwood Ford borrows out. That just reminds me of Fubar, the best panel van. Anyway, follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. If you are participating in the golf tournament, you will not have heard this because it's being released while we're at the golf tournament. However, Whoa. I hope Whoa. you enjoyed to see them. Oh, they're out there. That was and a nice shot. One of you. That was a real nice shot. Track. What? It was just shot. Yes. See the one person that downloaded nice. it while they're on the course and they mm-hmm. just heard that. They're like, holy hell. Like, what Very the nice fuck? Pot. How did Dan pull that out of Your rem truck's like two holes over from me. How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty amazing. He's always working. Today, we are going to start the podcast with Tyler, your rem truck's favorite topic of the summer. Woo! Jesse Pugliarvi. Yes. Give me that JP talk. Yes, a Pugliarvi. Of course, he signed a one-year deal with Carpat. Is it Carpat? I don't know. Ah. I like Carpat. We were talking about this earlier, but I think they're the weasels. Seriously? It doesn't look like a weasel, though. Oh, so it's They're fitting for JP. That's oh. What I was thinking. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Best wishes. Best wishes. You did get it. I like Just that. throw in a little best wishes. I do like that Tyler tried this button first. Best wishes. <laughs> shout of course, out. that is. Shout out Coom. Shout out Coom, who is gallivanting in Ireland right now. He was exploring in a forest this morning. We tried to get him to send in a hypothetical, as he promised he would do on last week's podcast, but instead he's taking pictures of Doritos, which is always fun, I I suppose. Show of hands, who was shocked that he didn't do the thing he said he would do last week. And I still don't see what would you do Wednesday (laughs) up today, Cam. What's going on, buddy? Ireland, (laughs) they operate on different times, you know? He's He's now trapped in the Dorito forest. Well, pretty soon it is now... Uh, as we're recording this, it's almost 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We're getting close to what would you do Thursday, Cam? What's going on, buddy? <laughs> is that what it is when he forgets to what would you do Wednesday? He does what would you do Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday editions? Well, it depends. Like It depends actually how the content's going for that uh, day. Sometimes I'll just be like, just do this for Thursday or Friday or whatever. Interesting. Little we move it around. behind the scenes there. A little peek behind the scenes. So back to Jesse Pugliarvi. He obviously signed a one-year deal with Garpat. And I, my question for you guys is, this isn't surprising. Kind of expected it. Ken Holland said, all right, well, if I don't find a deal that I like, then you can play in Finland or whatever. My question is the reaction from fans. I've seen it going very aggressive both ways in supporting him, hating the team, hating him, supporting the team. What do you guys think? Is it fair? Are you somewhere in the middle? Tyler, resident Pugliarvi hater. Not a Puglia RV hater, resident owner of a Jessa Puglia RV Oilers jersey. Like, I love the guy. Wow, I wanted him to succeed brain. here. Which one do you get? The value's uh, going to go up. No, you ready to see how early I was on this bandwagon? You were 39. Number 39. I ordered it as 39 and then I had to call the manufacturer and be like, 
please don't stitch 39 on this jersey. He's 98 now. And it was at the time when I worked for a jersey shop here in the city. So the manufacturer was like, I literally tell you this all the time. You're not supposed to be ordering these until they play a game, blah, blah. And I got in trouble at work for ordering a 39 Yesa jersey. But it was corrected to 98, and that's the one I own. Okay. Um, I don't know. This is <laughs> anyway. That's the story. And you didn't want to talk about this topic, uh, just for the record. Um, it's whatever. It's not a solution to any of the problems that they're facing right now. Like it's whatever. He's gonna go to Europe. He's got an out clause by December one. So if they find a trading partner, like the rumors aren't gonna go away. People keep thinking that he's gonna go to Europe and magically regain some sort of value or like magically find his confidence and become a top six player. It doesn't work that way. It's not that easy. Valery Nashushkin just did it. He went to the KHL for two years, and it was like, oh, he's going to come back after a few years at home, and he's going to be ready to go. Well, now he's an unrestricted free agent forced to sign nearly a league minimum deal at 24 years old, right? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I just think, I think a lot of Oilers fans were using this back to Europe thing as almost like a crutch. Like, oh, that's, it'll be okay if he just goes to Finland for a year, then everything will solve itself. But it's not. No team's going to see him, even if he's a point and a half per game in Finland. No team's going to look at him. It's not like there's all of a sudden going to be 10 teams going, well, there you go. He figured it out. No, they're going to be sitting there going, well, can he do it in the NHL? Can he do it on the small ice? We saw him dominate levels when he was a junior player, when he was coming up before the draft. Can he do it at the NHL level on a consistent basis? I don't see this as any sort of a solution. And yeah, that's kind of my take. Article on this from Tyler's coming out on Friday morning at 7 a.m. If you want to read Tyler's takes on comparing Puliar V2, one more time with the pro- pronunciation of Nichushkin or whatever you Valerian said. Nichushkin? No, I thought you said it better than that. Like super Russian. Well, that was sweet. <laughs> Milk, I'd like to Go answer ahead. your question on like Yang Remchuk, who uh-huh. just went on a tirade about Jesse. Well, he hates Jesse. Going to Europe. Yeah. He's going to burn and that jersey. Somehow about bragging about his jobs previously mm-hmm. he's had. Hell yeah, man. When I made minimum wage, it was sick. He's going to figure out how to crowbar in his... Uh, extracurricular activities in here as well. Go ahead. We we're lost gonna hear, in we're my gonna hear what is it. I was going to yeah. say, we got some intramural <laughs> updates coming too. Um, I think it's a fascinating study in Oilers fandom uh, and we're able to kind of put our finger on it right now. Uh, to me, it's a very chicken in the egg kind of scenario. It's either, it's hard to, it's hard to rectify saying that it's the Oilers fault for the first three years of his time here in Edmonton, that he's now bad. And then also say that he's bad and he was bad beforehand. I just don't think you can do both. So it is kind of an interesting um, thing to just see where people's positions are now. We have people that, are, like you said, bag milk, that are very pro Oilers. And it's only up to Jesse. It was Jesse's destiny. It was Jesse's fault for caring too much or not caring enough or not learning English or not learning enough English or learning too much English. I don't know. And then the other side of things is that it's uh, it's all the Oilers' fault, and uh, you know, coaches let him down, players bullied him, whatever whatever narrative you wanna you wanna look at. At the end of the day, I just think it's disappointing because of a whole bunch of reasons. There's no real one person to blame. It just sucks. Whoa, wow. Sorry, I'm getting the Leon clip ready to sh- okay. play. There you go. Just <laughs> wow, we're gonna have clips in the show. I know it's fucking a oh magical my God. time. God, go um, ahead, Dan. Yeah, I just think that it's 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 tragic to see a kid that is now what, 22? 23? 23. 23. 21. I want to say 23. 21? 20, yeah, 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 21. 
Instead, <laughs> oh, man. Instead, we are sitting so here arguing about him in the middle of the summer. So it's just disappointing for the Oilers. It's disappointing for Jesse. It's disappointing for Jesse's fans. It's disappointing for Oilers fans. It's disappointing all around. I'm going to end with Rick, but I'm just going to give my take first, is that it, there's a bummer on both sides for me. Oilers terribly mishandled him for three years. Terribly. He was up. He was down. He should have been down. Arguably, after he was drafted, he should have been left in Finland for at least another year. Probably. And yeah. then come over. And then, you know, whatever. That didn't happen. He was up. He was down. There's rumors that he was uh, gifted a spot in the NHL. Peter Shirelli and his agent worked that out. I don't know if that's true or not. It sucks that it happened this way. It sucks that his camp kind of scorched the earth a little bit this year and was not at all open to a return to Edmonton. There's obviously other issues outside of a coach and GM at play here. It's annoying. I remember our draft party when he was drafted, the whole place going bananas, chanting his name. I drank all the tequila that 98 night. beers. 98 <laughs> beers in his honor, even though we didn't know that would be He's going to stop at 39, yet. and then yeah. he had to keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's, it's just disappointing all around. Um, it sucks to see a high draft pick go this way. Unfortunately, in Edmonton, this isn't the first time we've seen it. So... I'm kind of in the middle. I'm kind of in the middle. I think both sides are to blame, and it's disappointing. Rick? I just think the way people are reacting is a little bit, uh, a little overblown. A lot of the things I've seen out there. Oh, that there's no doubt start about throwing, that. You know, when they start throwing, throwing the heat at them the way they are, it reminds me of just the way Luck got booed when, he, when he, they, that whole situation. He booed him when he walked off the field. I don't think that's really what they actually think. They just reacted in... in in time and couldn't control their emotions, I guess. Uh, it sucks we are where we are. Um, I'm happy he's found a place to play. Really, I don't have much more to say about this. The thing that's really got my attention is the supposed or rumored asking price for him from Holland. That, to me, is the big upside here. Isn't it something like a, you know, a top nine plus a really good prospect? A top nine and a pick is kind of what Rashog was getting at on Twitter. I was going to look it up, but I blocked by Rashog. <laughs> he isn't unblocked you? <laughs> no, not yet. We've again. even made friends again. You guys are friends again. Come on, Rashog. Shoot him in text. Does he follow you on his personal account? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look. Ah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, but yeah, the rumored ask from Rashog was a second or third, along with a top nine forward who can step in now. Is that enough? Yeah. Because again, like I don't, I don't see a scenario where he's an oiler ever again, and I don't see a scenario where he goes to Europe and magically becomes this great trade asset. So in my opinion, not whatever you can get for him, do it. But if someone comes knocking with a decent young third-line center, or, I mean, New York's got someone like Brendan Lemieux, right? New York's got Anthony D'Angelo, who would probably cost more than just Yessa. But there are some pieces out there who are unsigned RFAs who make sense to me. And as we grow closer to the year, if a team like the Rangers, if a team like uh, the Winnipeg Jets, although they kind of got everyone except Connor and Line A wrapped up, but like, you know, maybe a package around JP for Jack Roslovich. Like scenarios where the Oilers have to add more to get a good young RFA who's also in a bit of a stalemate. Like that's something I wouldn't mind them going after. But if someone comes, like if it's JG Peugeot for Yesapulia Yarvi, I'm tempted to say yes to that. Really tempted because he's a legit NHL player who can center your third line and be really good at it. Does anybody think that he stays in Finland for the entire year and does not come back before the December 1st cutoff? I think he's in Finland the whole year. Daniel? I I want to not believe, but I think he's in Finland. Rick? 50-50 at best. If he gets out to a really good start and if we're close to a trade right now, I think that might 
urge another GM to throw the extra little uh, sugar on top to make Holland happy. Uh, so if he gets up to a real good start, he'll be he'll be back in the NHL this year. It'd be interesting to see if a team acquired him in like November, would they bring him over? Like if the Rangers acquired him in November or if the Hurricanes acquired him in November, would they bring him back and be like, all right, you're in the lineup December 1 when we get this new contract going and all that? What's well, weird you say that because both those teams have prolific uh, finished players on their yeah, team. Yeah, that's kind of right? why I said that. So I think those two teams would. If you didn't, if you were a bit of an older team, maybe Part of not. me thinks you would almost just go, you know what, Yessa, stay there. You're having success. Get confident. You're coming back next September. See, and I think, you know, confidence is for him won't take that long to come back. He doesn't need a full season. I think he just needs to realize that with his hips being fixed, he can go back to playing the big man game. He should, he needs to play to be successful. And he can, uh, w- once he gets into training camps and starts battling guys, he's going to realize that. Do we want uh, the Leon Dreisaitl quote? Because he is, I thought it was interesting. Go ahead. Obviously, uh, you know, he's a, a young guy uh, that, you know, uh, obviously doesn't um, feel like, he wants to play for us anymore, so. Um, but I'll leave it at that. I think uh, you know, there's uh, there's people that, that will figure it out. Are you hoping that one day he comes back to Edmonton? Though? You'd like to see him as a teammate. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you want guys to pan out, and you want want guys uh, to help you um, on your team. And um, but again, you know, it seems like he doesn't want to be on our team. Uh, as of right now, uh, you know, maybe that changes. But um, again, you know, uh, we have people that, um, you know, get paid a lot of money to, to, to make well, those decisions. Room and on the ice with him, did you ever sense that he was unsatisfied? No, I, not really. I mean, I don't know. I'm probably the wrong wrong guy to ask. You know, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm, I'm not going to comment on it. That was it. Look at that. Upgrades. Upgrade, so Weather's Nation Radio, courtesy of Tyler's phone right there. So what do you think? Uh, obviously, the thing that's always funny to me when players get asked these questions is they're not going to tell you what's going on in the room. Yeah. They're not going to tell you what's going on behind closed doors. And if you're expecting anything more than just kind of like a generic answer from a guy like Leon, then you're probably going to be disappointed, no? It's kind of a it's kind of dirty pool, too. Like, the guys at, the guys at a bio-steel camp... He's not. Those questions are going to be asked anywhere you go. He could be yeah. tying his shoe at the Adidas store. I guess they're going to ask him. It's funny that it's funny that the Toronto media <laughs> were asking about uh, were asking about body language because they are the experts out there. Of course, we're going to get to that in a minute. That uh, yeah, they wanted to know what Leon thought of uh, was his were his shoulders slumped. Did yeah, you notice it was a was? it was a it was a good answer. Yeah, is the way it's you know I don't think you can sit down and draw out a better answer. Uh, he's not North American, so he's you know he's got that bit of a, a little more straightforward in him that the Europeans have, where they don't you know so PC. So yeah, and he, I don't see anything negative from this. What I am excited about from Leon's answer is that is having that handsome devil back in the city here right away. You know, we're almost in September. We're coming up to the long weekend. That you feel the Christmas in the air right now. I am excited to be recording this podcast with you guys and not have to make up a bunch of bullshit to talk about for an hour. You know, a little bit of news might be. We don't have to. We get to. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Tyler is correct. You miss Coombs hypotheticals. Well, Coombs hypothetical is, will he come out of the weird forest house thing that he found today? I don't know. I wish one of those guys would have asked Leon if he had reached out to Pugliarvi at all or if Connor had reached out to Pugliarvi at all. Probably anybody on the team. Default answer, yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the Giant, keeping this all possible. 
and for signing a new deal with the Nation Network. Why? Because you're fantastic. If you are looking for a new vehicle, if you are looking for a good time, or if you're just looking to hang out with the finest people you will ever meet, head on out to Sherwood Ford out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Gentlemen, another thing that happened from BioSteel Camp this week was word that Connor McDavid would not be participating. That kicked Twitter in the balls. Okay. The reactions were, you know, as you would expect from Connor saying, I'm not skating. Then there was word that he may be missing part of training camp or he's trying to eye training camp. I don't care because it's a sponsored training thing in the middle of the summer. I don't really care yeah. if Connor plays in it. Frankly, the worst case scenario would be that he participates at BioSteel camp and then re-aggravates the leg and then he misses more significant time. So you know what? I don't mind it. I'm not freaking out as much as anybody else. He already said he's been skating for a couple of months. Frankly, just come back healthy. What do you guys think about Connor not participating in this, potentially even missing part of training camp or the preseason? Skip it all, Connor. I don't care. He the guy is the guy is better than human. And and we've seen it time and time again. You know, he had the death flu and scored a hundred and what, hundred and ten points that year with where he was on an IV and all that crap. Like it's just he's unbelievable. So take as much time as you need, Connor. Skate on your own. You're an absolute animal. And you know what? The friend, the guy needs, the guy needs, probably needs a break from it. Anyways, he's just, he just does it all the time. These injuries, I think can only help him a little bit. That's what I like. I said this, I think on the real life podcast a while ago that if anything, I hope that he took some time this summer to just enjoy being a 20 some odd year old dude. Millionaire. He had to though. Cause there's times when he couldn't, couldn't work out right. When he's got the, uh, like, I think a guy like, I think he needs to. You think you'd want to see a little buck hunter get a little, you know, golden tea in the system or something? Yeah, I'm assuming he's elite at both of those games as well. Um, He's not. If I I was the... (laughs) Shots fired, Connor. Wow. Wow. I have eyeballs. I watched. Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) If I was the Oilers, as soon as he's healthy enough to play in a preseason game, I would put out an announcement and say... Connor McDavid will be ready to go for the season opener, but he is not playing in a single yes. preseason game. There's no reason to put him in a preseason exactly. game. You throw him out there in practice, let him go 100% in practice, and the dude doesn't need preseason. What's he going to gain from going out and playing against a lineup that's half second and third liners and half American Hockey League players, right? Like, absolutely nothing. Well, even last year, what, he played three games, I think it was, and it was like yeah. 14 minutes or something. So give him one game. Skate the rest off. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even do that. Like, as soon as you determine he's healthy and you can make the guarantee to fans that he's going to play in the season opener, you release a statement saying that, listen, we're keeping him out of the preseason for precautionary reasons. No one's going to be like up in arms like, oh, what do you mean Connor's not going to be playing against Arizona on September 24th? That's bullshit. And then you play him in the regular season opener in front of the fans and everyone's stoked. Yeah, if I think any- they, they, were, they gave him like a timetable at the very beginning and they're just following it. They didn't care what when if he was going to be out there skating for BioSteel. They want him to be ready for October, whatever the hell game one is. And they had their original date. They have their start date. They had an end date. They figured it all in between. BioSteel, whatever, go out there and you know take your pictures and stuff. But he's got a, he's got a plan. Yeah, Stick man. to it. Be ready for game one. Let's go. Throw the hat on. Make sure that check clears. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And another thing about missing the preseason too is you don't need some turd who's never going to play in the NHL taking a run at his leg or something like well, that to try ex- and make a name for himself. That's exactly it, Big Milk. What happened like in the last Brandon game Manning. that he played that was a nothing game for the Oilers? Right, he got hurt. Ah, it's just it's, how dare you? A nothing game. If they would have lost that game, they would have gotten capo caco. Damn it! Well, there you go. 
But sure. yeah, it's just anything can happen in any game. We need him in the games when they matter. That image of him laying on the ice, oh. being there in Calgary still well, haunts me. And then we had the fucking people, because I mean, we had Dusty with us and all these just people the that one, are connected. Just the one person. That pull up video like instantane. They get they had the video before that we even saw the injury. And uh, and he's, and he, that we're replaying it's it, broken. we're replaying it. And then it's we broken. Got that. Then he's we got not that. even off the ice and they're already like, look in the replay. It says right, he says right there to the guy. It's broken. Yeah. Then, uh, then we had a little bit of euphoria on the bus afterwards yelling, it's not broken. The offer is still on the table, Connor. If you need a third leg, although you may have one, if you know what I'm saying, (laughs) you can have mine. That's all I'm saying. Tyler, figure out what kind, what we can do to have some kind of surgery where we take my, why do I have to figure that out? Well, you're the producer that you'd have to make this happen. Good point. Producing (laughs) sticking with Connor after his interview at the BioSteel camp. Cathal Kelly from the Globe and Mail, exactly, wrote an article about why Connor McDavid needs to be saved from Edmonton. It was the usual Toronto piece in the midsummer, how unhappy he is because he wasn't jumping for joy at BioSteel camp when asked all the questions. To me, the weird thing about it is if you've ever watched a Connor McDavid interview ever, from the time he was a little kid until now, that's just kind of his... He's sheepish. And he's just kind of He's quiet, he's reserved. And he hates talking to the media. Yes. He just so happens to be the best player on the planet and he has to do it. So he does his job. But like, I don't understand why writers from Toronto love so much to just latch onto something so meaningless as his reactions to questions at BioSteel camp and then to knock out a thousand words in the Globe and Mail about how... This idiot's done it already, though. Yeah, you do it because you're a fucking clown. This guy's a fucking nobody who came out and wrote shit already once, got destroyed on it, went back into his fucking hole for a little while and popped popped his head out the other day. To put context to that, Rick, it was uh, during the Women's World Soccer Championship. Exactly. So we know what kind of guy this guy is. When he just... Just... Skewered Edmonton essentially for not being the funny thing for me is is that okay we talk about this quite a bit how people just like to shit on Edmonton sometimes it's usually people from Calgary but it's like the the flip side of things I don't sit here and think man I wish Edmonton was more like Toronto I don't know like it's just it's a weird it's a weird mentality for that guy to have we are uniquely ourselves yeah. Edmonton is Edmonton. We don't try and be nobody else. Yep. We are just ourselves. The thing that I've noticed a lot is how much other cities or fans of other teams or people that cover other teams are thinking about the Edmonton Oilers always. It's well, because they're jealous they don't have Connor McDavid, right? It's hilarious. That's all it is. Now, if, From if, the if we could ever start winning, do you know how smug we get to be? Oh, I'm our, I've got it tuned in, buddy. Oh, oh, I'm ready to go. Man, I've been saving my smugness for over a decade now. I am ready. It's coming out thick. From the article, four years into the Connor McDavid era, McDavid kept getting better and the Edmonton Oilers kept getting worse. Not entirely true. No one seemed more confused by this turn of events than the man at the middle of it. I'm not, again, he was at BioSteel camp talking about how he's not skating at BioSteel camp, so that's a strange poll. Was this idiot even at BioSteel or is he just sitting at a desk somewhere writing this shit? He probably watched the abbreviated clips that were everywhere that we all saw. A general conversation began to emerge in the NHL. Does McDavid need rescuing? From BioSteel camp? Yeah. Although you go, like I said, you make sure your check's clear. You grab a box of the pink, take it home. And you drink that pink. Exactly. Is there something the army can do? Doesn't it have helicopters and experience with human extraction? So he's telling jokes. Now he's got jokes. Cathal's got jokes. His name's fucking Cathal. Is it Cathal or Cathal? I don't know. Who cares? Cathedral? 
the thing, the, the funny thing about this article to me, and I, it was Tyler that actually found this on Real Life on Monday, uh, was that this guy doesn't have any social media of any kind. No. So he's able to just throw Hides a grenade everywhere. and then just walk away from it. I wonder if he would be doing this stuff this aggressively or writing this stuff this aggressively if he had to answer to anybody in the public at all. Because when I write yeah. a bad take, I take shit all day. When I you write take shit good, all the time. When you write a good take, you get shit on all <laughs> yeah, day, right? Like, that's true. That's all it is now, being in the media. It's just kind of like getting shit on by random egg accounts for like a couple hours a day, scrolling through your mentions and then moving on. Love my egg accounts. If you're an egg account, hit me up at, J- at jazzbambangmo. Now, my question for all of you is, what is it going to take for these stupid articles to stop coming out every six months? Is it that the Oilers have to get back in the playoffs? I don't remember in 2017, were these coming out? Dude, if we get back in the playoffs, they're going to come out even more. No, they wouldn't have come out in 2017 because they'll, fi- they'll find hurt the year before. They'll find a new. They'll find a new angle. And then Talbot turned it around. It's always going to exist. Clickbait is always going to exist until the, the end Oilers of time suck. Because but Connor's the only on. reason they're this. It's it. Like it and, and then it'll just, when we're good, it'll just be because it's only because Connor's good. Who so cares? it just is what it is. The only way it stops is if people stop clicking it. I didn't click it. I just knew the headline. I read the. I read who the guy is, and I looked at what he's written. Otherwise, he ripped on Andrew Luck for being a millennial. He, ri- you wait, know, oh, he, wait, he, so he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. He just he just does it for headline reads. That's why when I think the important thing for everybody when they see this stuff, take a screenshot of the tweet, and then share that, so that the that the globe gets nothing from it, or whoever wrote who whatever rag wants to give these guys a job, just give them take a picture of their tweet. And then retweet that out. You'll get more shares. You'll get their clickbait, but they won't benefit from it. If you want a really good take, by the way, now I'm just thinking for the Andrew Luck thing. On real life, we had Matt Cassian on. Yeah, that was really cool. And he gave a pro athlete who has had to make the decision to, you know, to call it a day, gave his take on the situation on what that looks like from that perspective. It was really good. Go ahead and listen to Monday's Real Life from Matt Cassian. He gives a really good kind of breakdown on it. Just to finish up on Cathal. He was, uh, Connor was asked about the, if he wants to be in Edmonton. And he said, if I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't have signed an eight year deal. Right. That's pretty black and white. Yep. Kelly responded with, it sounded believable almost now that he's had the summer to think about it. Maybe he's not so sure about things. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you even come to that conclusion? Clickbait. Trolling for clicks, man. That's, that's literally what his entire article was. He just made a joke about the Canadian military <laughs> coming in and airlifting Connor out of Edmonton. Like, All right, so let's move on then. Contract. Let's move on then. Let's not even. Actually, if you want to get, read a good take about it, Brownlee wrote about it at oh. ON. Yeah, Brownlee's good. I was gonna. I was thinking about it because it was annoying. Felt like I had to, but then Brownlee did it, and you know what? That's all you need. Back to the Oilers. I want to talk about what Jim Playfair said on the radio when he was discussing his defensive pairings. And the interesting one kind of came out when he said he wants to put Darnell Nurse and Adam Larson together as a shutdown pair. So if they're playing the top minutes kind of thing, you would expect that's your first pairing. My question for you guys, where does Clefbaum go? And who is his partner? Here's, here's my worry about the Larson-Nurse pair. Who, which one of them can move the puck at an even competent level? Nurse Dar- can skate it. Yeah, Nar- Daryl's yeah, got good legs. He can skate it. Can he pass it? When you're hemmed in your own zone and you need Darnell to make a crisp, quick pass. Give it to Mike Smith. 
but like that's exactly it. Like <laughs> Larson's not going to be able to make that pass. Like there isn't not that they can't make the pass. I shouldn't say that. I should word it better. But who is the dynamic puck mover on your shutdown pairing? Like one, you need to have someone on there who can get the puck out in a hurry when you need to and make smart plays with the with the puck in the defensive end because that's how you get the puck out of your own zone. To answer or to ask that sorry answer that question with another question, Tyler would be. What other puck moving defensemen do we have in our defense? Evan Bouchard, but he's not ready yet. Well, yeah. that's why I think Clefbaum and Larson is a much better quote unquote shutdown pair, or is, I would say that just your top pair. You play him against the other team's best because Clefbaum can move with the best of them. Larson can be mean, and they can. They, there's a puck mover there who can help initiate a rush and get you out of more shit. Darnell I mean, doesn't necessarily get you out of a lot of shit in the defensive zone. In this scenario now, though, yeah, we have. Larson and Nurse out against the top guys. Okay. Playing top minutes against those guys and shutting them down. You don't necessarily have to pass well. Yes, you do, though. Beat those guys. I disagree completely. I, but, get it back to the goalie, cover the puck, change lines. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But, like, that's not Ship a realistic thing. Like, you can talk about shutting down as, yeah, being tough and playing good defense, but the best way to not get scored on is to make sure you can efficiently get the puck out of your own end on the first attempt. When you're going up against Elias Pettersson or Johnny Goudreau, the second they give you the puck, you need to be snap out of the zone and out. That's the best way to play shutdown hockey. What if you just try and survive that shift to get to the whistle and then getting cleft bomb and getting your offensive set out there? Yes. Because the only way you're surviving that is if your goalie covers it, and the only way your goalie's well, covering no, it is if he faces the shot. There's, you you know, accidentally there's, fall and you stuff it in your pants. You can, you can get the puck out there. You can turn it. You know, there's there are little ways of doing it. It's not exactly the best way of doing it. But maybe you're just being kind of you're sort of your hand is being forced. I think what it does though is it opens up Clef Bomb and that then there's mark. the second question is who is Clef exactly. Bomb now in the second? And, and now that's the that's the discussion here because this happened for uh, this worked very well for St. Louis this year when they end up putting um, uh, I think it was Bowmeister and Pareko together. They took on the heavy minutes. And that allowed Petrangelo. Now I'm not trying to equate defensemen here, but that that allowed uh, Petrangelo more offensive minutes. To, you know, and he was the offensive guy. The difference is both Bomeister and Pareko can move the puck yeah, better than fair. Nurse or yeah, no, that's Larson. fair. I'll give so, you that. I just to me like you keep Clefbaum with Larson because it's proven. You know it works. They have experience going up against tough competition, and Clefbaum can handle that stuff. Then on your second pairing, you have Nurse out there with Benning. It still has that element of toughness if you want that. Benning against weaker competition has proven he can put up some good underlying numbers and he can move the puck as well. So you have that element of puck moving and toughness on your second pair. Then your third pair, I mean, who the fuck knows what's going to happen on third pair. It's Chris Russell and Ethan Bear. Chris Russell on his offside and Caleb Jones. Like The third pair is going to be a bit of a mess, but I just think balancing out your top two pairings sets you up for success more. I, I get what you mean when you say like, just put out that top pair, try to survive against the other team's best. But and then get it, your points in the next year. Yeah, but in my in my mind, you can thrive against the other team's best in a situation and instead of just trying to survive and just get a whistle, get a whistle, like kick it into high gear, push the pace of the game. And to me, you can do that with Clefbaum and Larson going up against the other team's best. See, what if you did something where you had like Caleb Jones and Benning as your third? You had Clefbaum, or then you have like Nurse and Larson as your whatever. And then Clefbaum goes with either Harrison or Bouchard. Now, obviously, so where's Russell? Well, I've been trying to get rid of him for three years now. I but, know, but I mean, no, I'm just legit. Legit, I think that you don't need Russell in that in that spot. And I I think I'd be okay with 
you know, you're starting off that way. I know yeah. it's dangerous because you don't know what you're getting out of Parison and Bouchard. But on the other hand, what if it really works? I like the, then I, the, the, I like the, really yeah. like the other two pairs. I like trying this. I, I I don't mind it as a as an attempt. We can we know Larson and Clefbaum works. So if by game fifteen it's not working, game ten it's not working. You make that change. So if back. you do move Russell and go with those, but you're not case, moving Russell. If they could have moved Russell, or if they wanted to or could have, they would have. Yeah, we still have sexy Reg here. I think, which if makes it, that buyout a little bit even more confusing because yeah. now the puck movement from the back end is. But every day, every day it. after the beginning of the season, the Russell contract's easier to move. Well, in theory. Right? Yeah, yes and no. If you're a GM right now, do you need a cowboy? I'm going to say you do. Someone out there does. You know what I need? Something delicious from our friends at Skip the Dishes. If you're hungry and you can't cook, or if you've always got food on the go, like our friend Tyler here, he's always coming into the office with snacks. Always, always loaded up with snacks. Maybe next week, you just come here a little bit early. Go to our friends and skip the dishes. They'll bring you the snacks. You don't even have to go anywhere. Or you order it before you come, and then you can race your driver here. That'd be nice. This, this sounds week. like the most effective way to do the, the chicken sandwich challenge. What is this challenge? Go ahead. Well, um, Popeyes. Oh, against Wendy's. Wendy's. Throw in a couple of the other guys. Because both of them are on skip the dishes for sure. 100%. So is McDonald's. Yeah, so Wendy's let's... So we can have that triple... See, yeah, you order all of these at once. You get, you mm-hmm. know, four or five uh, drivers dropping off your house at once. Mm-hmm. Put them on your table and have at her. This sounds like an excellent podcast segment where we all just sit here for 15 minutes eating chicken sandwiches. I'm, uh, I'm going to Calgary this weekend and the hotel Jeez, I booked doesn't... Yeah, I know. Hey, I'm going <laughs> south. How about that? Um, I'm going the, to Squamish. The hotel I'm at, they sent me an email. And they're like, oh, by the way, our kitchen and all of our food resources are gone for renovations. So I know I'll be ordering off Skip a lot. I've already eyed up some places in Calgary to get some good breakfast sent up. Is there an Arby's close? Did you get a Probably. discount for that? Uh, well, not really. Tyler, I, mean, I feel it like was, you should, man. That's, was, why not, that's why we're not saying what hotel it was. I need to teach yeah. you, Tyler. I need to teach you the ways of okay, the well, complaint. Here's the thing. I booked it on a travel website. Wow. Was and it skipthedishes.ca? <laughs> I booked my hotel via Skip. Um, skip the but hotel I, like, lines.ca. I read through it and it was like, oh, there's a pool, there's a hot tub, there's free breakfast, all this stuff. Chris, the intern's there before. already. And there was like nowhere in big red lettering or anything that was like Renault's this year, like none of this shit's available. And then I booked it and then they offered, they're like, you can cancel or you can just keep it. Wow. And I was like, wow. Okay. Bold. You can either fucking walk away or you can accept it. We didn't get a discount when the ho- when the, uh, yeah, yeah, the hot tub was down in the first That Calgary is true. Trip. We were devastated that I'm day. pissed, man. I love a good hot tub. We, we, we wanted some Chris, tub time. Chris, the intern, was devastated. Everybody needs tub time. During one of our Calgary trips. It was interesting. Well, so Calgary is basically in shambles right now is what we're learning because yeah. I was just in Calgary a couple of weeks ago. I was staying at the beautiful Fairmont Hotel. Ooh. But I was like, so I booked this months ago and it was half price rooms. I'm like, well, this is weird, but like, okay, rock on. And then I get there and everything's under construction. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> okay, I get it. Nothing was open. Whatever. Fire beware. Did you go to Singapore Times? No, I didn't. We posted up at this like pub. I'm not going to mention the pub because they didn't That's give fair. me a discount despite my asking for one. I was just like, let me give them some social shout outs. And I showed them the accounts. They're like, wow, that's a lot of followers. I was going to do it from ON. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. I was like, no, fine. Anyway, I posted up there and we watched people crash on scooters for a solid portion of an evening. Just like the people that have been throwing scooters into the legislature pond. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, yeah and into the river. Now. Twice now into the legislature. I the can't even figure out how closed. to work them. 
we had a big one for cams going away on Friday night. Yes. And then I was doing my thing where I end up at 7-Eleven bartering for chicken at 2 a.m. And I, I decided that I was going to get one of those scooters and drive as far as I could to the West End before the battery died. I couldn't probably, even figure it out. You could probably go. get real close to home. Think so? Yeah. I couldn't even, make, I couldn't even figure it out. Or you just push a couple of times to get going and you use the, and then you're, uh, you're. I couldn't even like log in. It was just like, I was like, what do I scan? Admittedly. I was just yeah, going to say, you were, <laughs> you were seventh level dungeon. I, admittedly. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw him a couple of times that yeah. night. Yeah. I get walking around with one times. eye half closed. <laughs> By the time I oh. said bye to Cam on Friday night, he had one eye fully closed. He was just walking around like a pirate. Classic. Anyway, skip the dishes.ca. How's that for a plug? Anybody? <laughs> Skip the hotels.ca. Other news today from the hockey world. Sportsnet made some changes to modern talent, most notably with Nick Kiprios and Doug McLean going away. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about guys losing their jobs, walking away from their jobs, or whatever it happens to be. I want to talk about your favorite sports broadcasters. I want to talk about the guys that you listen to, that you've always loved, maybe a new guy that you do love, maybe somebody that other people love that you don't really get. I'll go ahead and start. I was a huge Bob Cole guy even until the very end when people were complaining that he was behind the play, blah, blah, blah. That voice raised me and I always had time for Bob Cole regardless of what was going on. His voice in the springtime? Playoffs? Whoa! Like when you do those ones? Man, I loved it. Like I remember the first time the Oilers played and Bob Cole was calling it. It was against Montreal. Or uh, first time Connor played and Bob Cole called it. It was against Montreal and he did something ridiculous where he pulled it through his skates and Bob Cole went bananas. And I love that kind of stuff. And there's something about a really good sportscaster that really pulls you into the game even more so than the game itself. And I just love that kind of thing. Who you guys like? Tyler? The Bob Cole thing for me, like, in his prime, great. Right? Like, that kind of voice I remember as a kid watching and all that. Towards these last couple of years, though, like, well past his expiry date, to be harsh. Like... Well, I he was guess, in his 80s. Which is I his know, right. Like, which I is know. his absolute right. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, eh. Like, yeah, but to he me, he should have been pushed out a the while great ones, ago. No, no. The great ones get to walk away on their own. But it Vin wasn't Scully, even like... Vin Scully would take naps in his last two seasons. Yeah, but Vin, he would, no, he would Vin, do the Vin first Scully three innings. Vin Scully could still bring it, though. Oh, yeah. He absolutely could. But he was still... But he was still... He wasn't, he wasn't able to do it for the whole nine innings. So he would do the first three innings. He would take a break. He would literally go take yeah. a nap where two guys would take over for him that were going to take over him for him in the end. And then he would come and do the eighth and the ninth inning. Well, I think if you're great, you're able to walk away on your own terms. We use the word the, great too often then. Yeah, well, yes and no. Like, to me, there's like, really only a couple great out there. And Bob and Cole's yeah, one of them. And that's fine. So yeah. in Bob Cole, I agree with you there. Um, but there's a lot of other guys that, you know, people loosely use for great. Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't like to, that, though. To me, you're you're being selfish when you stay around that long. And I know you earned it and all that. <laughs> wow. Man, he was cold. Ice well, cold. Radio no, like, guy. Like, well, oh. well, honestly, like Don Cherry right now. And hey. like maybe it's me just being sour as like a young person working in the media. Don Cherry, 80, whatever. Bob Cole, 80, whatever. Vin Scully, 80, whatever. I get that they're legends, but there are plenty of other examples. You can look around Edmonton, too, of people who work that late, and they're like millionaires multiple times over, and you're clogging up the system, man. Like, to me, it's just like... Dan, it's like wrestling. Sometimes you got you to gotta put the other guy over. Go ahead, Yurem Chuck. List the three guys in Edmonton Radio that oh, you think are <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean, right? Like, 
Yes, Sometimes I do. Sometimes I think you need to understand, like, when to step aside and like <laughs> all you gotta, you're doing. You got to put the next guy over. You got to you got to let him win the belt. And yeah, and it depends. All so. you're doing that is really depends. tarnishing your legacy because there is an age gap, and it's around my age. Where like when my buddies hear Bob Cole, it's or when they hear Don Cherry, it's not like oh what a legend. It's like oh that doofus who doesn't know Connor McDavid from Ryan Nugent Hopkins when he calls the Oilers games. You and tarnish your own legacy. No, that's I, fine. Yeah, because he can't. I bag milk. You would you would. Be, Say I'm correct in saying that you can't tarnish Bob Cole's legacy. I'm going to say that Tyler hates Dusty Nielsen. Is, is Dusty <laughs> one of the old guys that needs to go? Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> but like on the flip side of the question, though, who do you who do you really enjoy? Another guy that I really um, enjoy, like a, that is current, is uh, is Gord Miller. I um, love when Gord Miller. Gordon calls, Ray are great. Yeah, I'm when they call World Juniors. I'm super loving the fact that Tyler hasn't answered one of your corrections no. directly yet. No, I, I'm just <laughs> spewing hot takes today. Man. We know I'll that he it, hates I'll, Dustin Nielsen. I'll take a spot for you here, Tyler. You can think about it for a oh, second. Oh, I, I already knew who I was going to say. Okay, go who ahead. you got? I like Gord Miller mm-hmm. and Ray Farrar. I agree with you on that. As far as analysts go, um, Mike Johnson, I think, is just like criminally undervalued yep, by the mainstream great. media. Mike Johnson is so good. So I'm going to give love to Mike Johnson. And uh, yeah, you know, Mike Johnson's my answer. Um, what do you got, Dan? For local guys? Just I just anybody in general. I think, uh, and I know Bag Milk would definitely agree with this one, Reed Wilkins is like, should be a national guy. He's so smart. And I he, just, he just, uh, yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, national guy is my favorite guy, probably of all sports, and mainly because of his curling coverage was Don Whitman. I just, Don Whitman played a role for broadcast that we don't see a lot of anymore. That was a classic he voice. Was, he was the guy, yeah, he had a great voice, amazing voice, but he was the guy that played the idiot on the panel. And he asked the stupid questions that people that were just trying to learn a sport coming in would ask, but wouldn't want to, be you know asked on national television kind of thing but he was answering questions for people coming in and helping them learn the game as you watched it so don whitman would be my guy nationally read locally Rick, so i was think? always a i was always a big rod phillips fan like i know he yeah, called the weathers and that's probably why but uh the excitement in his voice um the way he sold the game you listen to a lot of radio games back in uh back in those days and mm-hmm. uh yeah that voice and the way he yelled, and then when he like announced the Marchant goal in '97, I also I also liked when uh, the Oilers were playing like shit, and Rod would just let him have it. He would let him have it, and you know they they really don't have that nowadays. No, now, that's you true. know you you try and put that extra spin on it or whatever. Um, Apologies to uh, Dusty Nielsen, of course, because Tyler, a coworker of yours, said that you were too old and past your prime holding him back. See, I don't think Don, I don't think Cherry needs to get out of the way. Kind of like, uh, like, uh, anyone like Bob Cole needed to, cause you need a play by play guy, but Don Cherry is kind of, he's out of the yeah. way and does his own show and does his own thing. And I'm a massive fan of, uh, of Burke coming behind him. I think Burke's going to be great. I really wasn't a big fan of him when he had with Montreal and Calgary or sorry, yeah, Toronto and Calgary. But now that he's on TV, he's a little bit different. And he's learned how to adapt to kind of the TV thing and make his takes more TV friendly. Yeah. And that he has gotten a lot better. Yeah. I, just I don't agree f- with him like half the time. But and I like him on 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 the on Stoffer show too. I just need him to fix that, sort Stoffer. out the tie situation. Well, I know I th- that's his thing, but like when he's going out and the the red light's gonna come on and he's got it draped around, like just, just drop it off. I'm not saying wear a tie. It's a no, bit no, though, right? He, no, I know it's he's a bit. Wearing like, a tie, but now he's in the relaxed he's tie casual mode. Like so, what then? What I would like to see him do then, instead of being a tie hang guy, just go full scarf guy. 
Inside. You don't see that. Absolutely. <laughs> He's so hot. Stylish no, scarf guy. There is no way he'd be a scarf guy. He could be a the scarf guy. The only time he's got a scarf on is when he's got his fucking, he's got his long overcoat on. You uh, know there's no way that guy ever wears a scarf. Berkey, let's make it happen. Scarf guy. Barn fight. Scarf guy. Barn fight. Or a barn fight. More barn fight challenges between GMs, please. Is there an ex-player out there right now who you would like to see move on to the panel to replace someone like a Kiprios? An ex-player. Like, hmm. I, I've never seen Roberto Luongo do TV. I would imagine he'd be quite good. I, he did some stuff with uh, with TSN, like SportsCenter kind of stuff. Well, he did those bits with Duffy, lockout, right? Yeah. But, like, During he's entertaining, man. He is, I'd yeah. love to see Luongo do that. I think Somebody he'd be with actual, Yeah, with some actual personality getting out there. I have a feeling we're going to see more of Mark Savard. I'm not a big Mark Savard guy. I think he's pretty vanilla. Um, but Luongo would be a hell of a choice. I'd still love to see Big Georges out there. I'd just love to hear him spew Speaking it. of Big Georges, Rick, did you know that Tyler Urumchuk did not know about George LaRock's biggest hits on Power 92.5? Are you kidding me? I literally had no idea that was a thing, man. You knew Power 92 was a thing. Well, now I do because there's a new power or whatever. Wow, you didn't know what Power 92 You didn't was. know George LaRock's biggest hits. No, I, if, if a month ago you'd been like, hey, remember that radio station Power in Edmonton? I would have been like, fucking who, what? Yeah, because he was talking about uh, Rick D's in the weekly top forty. Oh yeah, Rick D's. We Weekends were talking. We were so upstairs good. at the. We were upstairs talking about George LaRock potentially coming back to radio, and then Tyler's like, "Why would you do that?" I was like, "Man, he was already there while he was a player. He had a countdown show. Yeah, it was while he was a player too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, yes. what the fuck was this city? The LaRocks, man. The LaRock <laughs> family is a hardworking family. They grind. The Power ninety two playoff song, the Kiss. Oh, of course. Probably one of my favorites of Fantastic. all time. That was our number ninety two. For the countdown this year. Was it the song though? Yep. Yeah, I, I no, found somebody that recorded it off their radio. Good, because I tried to look for it before and I couldn't find it anywhere. Check it out. I have to go back and look now. Official Oilers Nation on Instagram. Go I ahead. think we're the ones that made them rebrand. That was the, Absolutely. We spurned on that rebrand. They're mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Yeah. People actually liked this song. Mm-hmm. Sue Johansson was on Power Night 2 on Sunday nights. Of course. Sunday night sex show. Tyler, you would have learned some things. Some you don't things. even know who Sue Johansson is, do you? No. Okay, I'm oh, done. Come I'm out. On. Come Grab on. <laughs> Grab his phone and Google her. Yeah, you got to look up Sue Johansson. Please Google Every Sue night Johansson. she had a, sh- a show on TL. Uh, was it TLC? Was she oh an Edmonton God. product or was it like... No, uh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. It was like a, it was was a, a Canadian a, property though. Yeah, if not North American. She ta- she was like an... Shut she, the fuck up. She was like an older lady that taught us all about bedroom antics and it was fantastic. In fact, when I was going to Nate, Tyler, I went and saw her twice. That's her. Was she, she funny? She was hilarious. She's huh. like, yeah, just the most upfront person you'll ever meet. Yep. And like, so when I would, when you would go see her, you would submit questions on a little piece of paper in case you were too embarrassed to answer things. So we would put down the filthiest shit that we could possibly think of. Straight faced, no, like nothing faced her, man. She was the best. Shout out to Sue Johansson. Interesting. Anyway, back to the Oilers for a second. <laughs> I want to talk about third line centers because with the Derek Broussard thing kind of tying back into George LaRock, we are still looking for a third line center. Camp is getting close. We are at the end of August now. Training camp is close. Preseason is close. Who is going to be that third line center? They're not going to run with Connor, Leon, and Nuge as one, two, three. We already know that. Tippett seems to want Connor and Leon together, James Neal and Nuge together. Who's behind them? Is it Cooper Marody? Is it somebody else? I think you PTO somebody that has a uh, who? center in his resume, and then you let him battle about with everyone who's there. Who? Uh, I don't even know who's available still, but you got to have one um, veteran out there, no? Mm, basically, Riley Shahan or Brian Boyle. Lindbergh go. signed overseas, but... Yeah, um, so one of, those, one of those two guys, you know, you're gonna, there's going to only be three or four guys left. 
you're going to bring one of them in and you're getting a lot of battle who's who's in there right now. I think they might be stuck. I think it, like, I'd love to see them bring in Riley Shahan one year, 950K, like make it happen type of thing. Um, Patrick Moon just went for 900K, so like Shahan shouldn't even cost that much. Um, that's who I kind of want to see them take a stab at, but I think it's a little too late, and I think Shahan... Uh, I, I just think they might get to a point here where they're stuck with Marodi. How is it too late, though, if he hasn't signed anywhere else? Like, I I think if maybe not too late was the right way to put that. If it was going to happen, it would have happened. I'm with Tyler on that one just because Ken Holland and him have a history. Yeah, what if Holland said, okay, well, here's your contract. I know you can probably find something better, but if you don't, come September, you know, come September 1st, you know, Labor Day, let's sit yeah, down maybe. watch a football game and let's sign this contract. Could be. But why was he going after Broussard then? So hard. Exactly. Same, same yeah, thing. Maybe. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's your here's an open contract, and if you, if I can't yeah. figure it out, if you can't figure it out, you know, fallback options. It's like yeah. yeah. And we're at that point now because last week at this time, if you said Maroon was going to sign for nine hundred grand. Everyone would have laughed at you. Yeah. But that's just kind of where we are in the way that money's handed out, the time of the year it is. It's not going to be. If you had somebody, if somebody's offering the money, you would be gone right now. And so, I say that in the opposite version. So crazy that a guy that had chemistry with Connor when he was here. He's now signed for just over the league minimum with the Stanley Cup champion favorites. Yeah, I wonder if the Oilers would have offered him that, what his reaction would have been. Well, right now, according to our friends at Puckpedia.com, the Oilers have about $2.5 million in cap space. Ken Holland did say that he wants to have a little bit of wiggle room. I don't know how much he would have if he's going to sign anybody. I am surprised that Brian Boyle hasn't signed anywhere yet. Me too. I thought that for sure he would be maybe not like a July 1st kind of guy, but by now for sure. Um, the interesting thing with the cap space, so Ken Holland says he wants wiggle room. Um, that's two and a half million with a full roster, right? So Correct. if you sign someone that's a million bucks, you get rid of Brodziak, freeze up a mill. I know we've talked about Brodziak maybe yep. being retired or hurt or anything like that, but you sign a guy that's 700K, you send down Yurko, right? Like you're pretty much, you can bring in players and stay at that 2.5 million thing as long as they're not like $2 million guys. And... PTO everybody. Oh, hashtag PTO everyone, man. Why not? Andrew Luck, PTO. Get him in here. Yeah, interleague yeah. free agents. Good guy in the dressing room. Bring in Jeter. Oilers could PTO Nick Kiprios. Maybe. Some added toughness. Maybe, sure. Maybe that's why he's walking away. Yeah, he's Maybe. getting a PTO deal with the right. Oilers. <laughs> Maybe Doug McLean is coming on as an associate GM in Vancouver. Wouldn't that be fun? Anybody? Hi, oh. <laughs> I love that's Pete's job. I wish. Jim Benning apparently came out and said that uh, Shirelli is not going to the Vancouver Canucks. I was reading about it on CanucksArmy.com. They were all very excited. I was upset, but they were excited. <laughs> anyway. Calm down. We'll get their Lucic one day. <sighs> one day. Speaking of Lucic, I was talking to uh, Flames Nation editor Ryan Pike yesterday, and we were just kind of going back and forth on what to expect from those two guys who had bad years last year, meaning James Neal and Milan Lucic. <laughs> And he's like, what do you think Flames fans should expect from Milan Lucic? And I, I audibly laughed out loud. Because <laughs> there's a guy, I, you know there are Flames fans that only know Milan Lucic from being Milan Lucic. And they're going to go, oh, well, the Oilers screwed him up. We'll save him. Yep. Exactly. They know the guy from Boston yeah. who was a wrecking ball that was completely unstoppable. Not the guy who handled the puck like it was a live grenade. And the first season he was here, too. Yeah, first season he was here, he had a solid year. He had a lot of power play points that year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he had 23 in, goals. Fought Derek England just for looking at Connor the right way or the wrong way in uh, game one. Well, I've said it before. The right way. You know game one of the flame season, he's fighting somebody. Yep. 
Yeah, he's going to lay a big hit. He's going to fight someone. The saddle dome is going to go luch. Mm-hmm. He's going to go to sleep till Christmas. Yep. I'm almost thinking that we should do a Milan Lucic gold draft anyway. Oh, God. Just because, like, it's true. Why not? You know? And Where's Poop's Toby Reader playing next year? I want to do a Toby Reader gold draft. But, I, like, even if he's in Germany, I want to figure out his schedule and do a draft. I thought he was taking See, and there was, spot on his, uh, on his <laughs> men's rec team. <laughs> so there's another guy that I was way wrong on and is Toby Reader. I for sure thought somebody was going to sign him to a league minimum deal and he was going to go score eight, 10 goals or something and be like, ah, damn it. But it's just, he's still out there. He's still looking. He's still looking. Maybe he'll sign with Mac T and Grebishkov in wherever they're at. I would love for that to just be Oilers 2.0. 100%. Well, we, need a, we need a Russian affiliation. Yeah. Right? Of course. So Anton Bailoff has a place to work when he's done. Yeah. Right? Right. Of course. Uh, I want to go turn to the mailbag for this last little part of the podcast this week. We had a question that came in that just said, which three prospects are you most intrigued by in the Oilers system right now? For the first time in a long time, the Oilers actually have some skill down in Bakersfield. They have some players who might be able to make the jump. I want to know who are kind of three guys you're looking at. Whether they make the team this year or not, it's irrelevant. Just three guys that you're going to be watching, three guys that you're going to be checking in on, three guys who make you happy as of today. Tyler, what do you think? Young Kyler Yamamoto, not to be confused with meme lord Kyler Mimamoto. Whom I met yesterday, You by met the way. memes? I did. Ah, what a beauty. I hey, did. I've never I met, met him. Sometimes, sometimes I just DM him for fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be watching Kyler Yamamoto. Is he healthy? Hopefully. Can he start to be a productive player at the American Hockey League level? If he's a point of game at Christmas, I think we're at a point where you'd see him get a look up here in January. Um, and apart from him, Dmitry Samurikov is my number two guy to watch. Such a big step forward last year in the OHL. A later round pick, third round, I believe, in 2015 is or 2016 or 2017. I don't know. Some point around there, probably 2017. I'm just like terribly wrong with it. Um, But he took some big steps forward as well. So can he come in and uh, be a good pro hockey player and a guy who maybe next year this time we're going, hey, Samurikov on the NHL team type of thing. And three is Evan Bouchard. I put him at three because like I'm more confident that he's going to be a damn good AHL hockey player than I am with Yamamoto or Samurikov. So I like won't be as surprised when I'm watching and it's like, oh, Bouchard dominated again. But I'll be keeping an eye on Boosh. Rick, what do you think? Uh, number one, I think, is going to be uh, McLeod. He is, I've kind of, we kind of know what we have a little bit in Yam, in Yam and Benson. But I'm really interested to see what this kid could do this year when we get a full pro season under his belt. Um, see what he can, see, yeah, just see what he can do when it comes to better competition. He looked really good last year and I've, he's moved up in the list of, uh, of prospects to me. Next up, I think it's going to be a guy who has to be ready to go this year, and it's, it's Jones. I think Caleb's ready to go. He's going to get some uh, good ice time. And uh, number three, he was right there with Jones, but I think he's getting a little bit forgotten about now is Ethan Bear. I think he's, when it comes to people talking, he's kind of get passed in the depth chart. Uh, I don't know what kind of personality he is, but in order to be where he is, he has to be a little more... Uh, a little cocky in himself. So he's, I think he's really going to push this year and show him that, you know what, I deserve to be up there in the top two defensemen instead of, you know, underneath all these Swedes all of a sudden. Danger Dan? Uh, my number one guy to watch right now is probably Ostap Soften. He had a... Huh. <laughs> going like off he the had board, a, Well, and these are the, you, yeah, you was, asked for guys was that he were like awful last year. He was horrendous last year. He was injured the whole year. He tried to come back for uh, team... Uh, 
Czech Tried Republic. to come back for the Mem Cup. Tried to come back for the Czech Republic uh, in World Juniors and got hurt again. Uh, and then he did, yeah, he came back like two games, I think, before the end of the regular season in the QMJHL uh, for the Mooseheads Memorial Cup run uh, and was woefully ineffective for them yeah. um, into the uh, Memorial Cup. But I think that there's a player there that if he can figure it out this season, he might surprise us. Um, so I'm interested to see what he can do. Uh, my next guy, you guys picked all the good ones. <laughs> so I'm going to dig down deep uh, is Josh Curry. Um, I think he had a, he had a glimmer of, of something here in the league uh, last year. Uh, I met him at a bar downtown. He's a good young man. Uh, yeah, I think that there's some good good options there. And I'm trying to think of my third one as I speak. Stuart and, Skinner. Um, yeah, well, okay. I was gonna, I, it's kind of cheap, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see what our, where our goaltending goes again this year. Because we've got these guys. We have no real heir apparent to the number one spot, I would say. Nobody's like really, you're just thinking, okay, when Smith and uh, and uh, Koskinen are gone. Oh, I almost forgot him. Yikes. Uh, almost like he forgot. Anyway, uh, once those guys are gone, there's nobody that's really in the pipeline ready to go. So I'm interested to see what goalie, oh, if any, will take a step in. I still think Starrett should, if we had a legit number one, that he should get a shot. Yeah, but you can't. No, no, know. in our situation, I agree with yeah. you. But if we hit, so, you know, I think he kind of gets overlooked a bit. He's one of those guys. I think with all of our goaltenders, they go they go through just ebbs and flows. It's either working or it ain't. Uh, Dylan had a Wells, really good year last Dylan year. Wells had a good year last year at in point at points, and then other times he's getting shelled for nine shots and or nine goals on nine shots or whatever stupid stat it was. Anyways, I I just I'm interested to see like Olivier Rodrigue. There's a guy that was banged up this season, and then Drummondville ended up bumping him from the number one spot. And like the it'll Russian be. Kid. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. We got the uh, Koskinen 2.0 overseas. Yes. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting yes. to see what, which goalie rises above the rest. I'm surprised any. nobody said it. I'm going to go ahead and say it is I'm going to be watching Philip Broberg, uh, newest toy in the system, the, fir- the first rounder from this year. He's going to be playing in Sweden. I'm really curious to see what, what kind of usage he's going to get over there. Um, I hope he's playing a ton of minutes. Obviously, he chose to play there instead of over the CHL. That's that's fine as long as he's playing. I'm really curious to see how Philip Broberg's going to do. The Oilers posted a highlight reel goal from him the other day, and the kids got wheels. There's no doubt about that. So I'm very excited about him. I'm also excited about Tyler Benson. Last year was kind of one of the first full seasons he's had in a while down in Bakersfield, and he performed very well. He had 15 goals and 51 assists for 66 points. Um, could he be a guy who potentially makes a jump to the NHL this year? Maybe. Ideally, the Oilers would have enough depth where he's able to show that he can do it again down in Bakersfield, but you know we're at where we're at. So maybe he's starting with the Oilers. Maybe he comes up a little bit later. And then the third guy is Samorikov. Like Tyler said, he had a massive jump last year. Massive. And I would love to know if he can continue that because I think he's turning pro this year, is he not? He is. He'll be in Baco. So I'm curious to see how he follows up a wonderful junior season with his first year of pro. Can he do it at the next level? We shall see. That whole team's going to be fun to watch this year. It should. That defensive core is real interesting. For the first time in a long time, like I said, leading into this, is the Oilers have some prospects in their system that are exciting, that they're not crowbarring into Weren't NHL jobs. ranked jobs. ninth in uh, Pronman ranked us ninth, yeah. Which is good, yeah, obviously. That's really good. Top third, man. 
So with that, I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. I hope when we are talking next week that somebody is driving around in the nation truck and that Jay is riding around on tiny little e-scooters because he's got no vehicle. And I also want to thank our friends at skipthedishes.ca for feeding me because I'm lazy and I can't cook. So thank you for that. And I want to thank all of you listening. But I do have a request that you tell a friend or your coworker or a cousin or an aunt and uncle to subscribe and download this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. That's a wrap on episode 51 of Oilers Nation Radio. Have a great long weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Shut up, Damien. Best wishes. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.